When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Streaming live. Can find us on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. Interact that way. Also give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Emails aplenty to get into. Uh, judging by the emails, DEFCON 4. Maybe three is where Nebraska fans are still at, following Northwestern, following the <laughs> uninspiring first half and half of a quarter against North Dakota. Find the show also on Twitter. Uh, do so at H Varsity Radio. We're presented, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Elijah, good day off yesterday. Did you decompress? Did you watch plenty of football? Did you check out the press conference? How you feeling? Feeling pretty good, uh, despite... I mean, the, the biggest weekend day for me was mostly Sunday. Yesterday was kind of just like a, a relaxed sit at home most of the day, get a little afternoon nap in and enjoy it that way. Sunday was my like, you know, Labor Day weekend uh, day to, to enjoy myself. So it was a Sunday morning golf outing. Don't ask me how I shot. I don't know. I stopped counting after the first hole. Uh, and then uh, Sunday night was my fantasy football draft. And uh, we've been doing that draft in person for years now, and hijinks always ensue. So it was a, it was a good Sunday. And then Monday was a uh, relaxed, recovered, get set for Tuesday kind of day. Good enough is Nebraska set and ready for Georgia Southern. We'll dive into it. Plenty of room for you. Mitch Sherman's coming up in about 15 minutes. Open phones now, open phones till five. Hour two, again, it's a black shirt Tuesday with Coach McBride and Coach Kaczynski. Numbers to dial up for six. 8-25-5-8-6-5. Those are the numbers to get in. And a lot of things come to mind when we talk about North Dakota's performance. And then you have Monday's presser with Coach Frost and, and several of the players. And then today, even Coach Whipple and Coach Chenander will have a couple of thoughts from from them. But I think what Nebraska fans are, are most disappointed about, even after our, our stream-only Real Red reaction, is what you were expecting to happen didn't happen. And Elijah, for Nebraska football to be any good in the Big Ten – they're supposed to be able to go out and manhandle certain teams. And, and honestly, it's been a long time since Nebraska's line has manhandled anybody. 
the, the last time they they did it, uh, I think you got to go back to the uh, the Foster Farms Bowl in, in a big moment, and they they just pretty much physically crushed UCLA. That's all the way back in 2015. There's been years here and there, or games, I should say, here and there, where they've been okay. Uh, the the Ozigbo years uh, were, were fine. I thought you had a better line then. This year's line, though, is still a work in progress. Both lines, quite honestly, a work in progress. And I think what Nebraska fans are, are ticked off about, well, you should be ticked if you didn't take North Dakota in the points. But but uh, aside from that, what you wanted to see is is Nebraska line up and physic physically dominate someone you wanted to see nebraska line up and physically just drive the football the the good news is you found your dude in anthony grant so whether there's a hole there or not he's a jump cut away from getting to the second level and beyond can that be the case in big 10 play you better hope so you've got casey thompson that can throw the football and out of either halftime or to start the ball game, whatever's scripted has been beautiful. I mean, they've, they've put up points uh, when they've had to out of the gate. They've had pretty good rhythm and momentum. There's not been slow starts for Nebraska football. So there's a beer being half full a little bit where they've started well. They've been really pretty good in the red zone. They leaned on a run game, and that's all – keys to success for the Big Ten. But you had Nebraska fans booing at the end of the first half. You had Nebraska fans freaking out the uh, ill-timed or executed squib kick. And then some of the same things have showed up defensively. They're not getting home routinely, either when it's a pressure or a four-man front. The other part of it, too, is tackling. You have 29 missed tackles in two games. You had... 14 against Northwestern. You had 15, uh, and and a lot of that is second-level tackles. You have some first-level tackles that are missed, and this whole recipe speaks to the angst and, and anger. I mean, there's there's some, some hopelessness that you've attached to this football team after Northwestern and, of course, the performance against North Dakota. The defense couldn't get off the field against North Dakota, hence the time of possession obscenity (laughs) that was a reality in that first half. And you just don't know if it's going to get better. Um, We'll know against Oklahoma how much better Nebraska's gotten. We'll know because this is a bit of a trap game, Elijah. Yeah, we're going to go there. Georgia Southern's a bit of a trap game with an experienced quarterback, a uh, salty head coach and some quick twitch athletes that are going to come to town then aren't afraid. So all of this could build up to be a really good lesson for Nebraska, but they've got to ace the test, one test being or one quiz being Saturday night, and then your, your major midterm already is a week from Saturday with big noon kickoff here. Yeah, and you mentioned one thing that I want to spend a little bit of time on, the fans booing at halftime. I want to hit it. There were some players that were unhappy that the fans uh, were booing during halftime and my read on it was much more of a, uh, a frustrated with the coaching staff for burning timeouts trying to get the ball back before half and, and well, two minute drill it. was going to happen Elijah come on now 
Finish your thought. Finish your thought with 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 the booing. Yeah, I don't think that's just. I just don't think the, the players took it personally as like, oh, you're booing our performance here. Whenever uh, we're coming off an international travel and we came in a little flat and we're still playing pretty well, it's just we only had 20 offensive snaps to run on the first half. And I think there was a lot more of that directed towards the coaching staff for how that game was managed and what well, their expectations. What are you were doing, calling timeouts? You mean? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I think. But also at the same time. You were tied at seven with North Dakota going into half. I don't think booing was out of the question from a fan base. And I know greatest fans in all college football, Nebraska fans. I'm sure there's people in the stands looking at the person next to them booing, going like, what are you doing? That's what, what, we, what we are we watching? Nebraska fans. What but are we watching? At the, at the end of the day, yeah, this is Nebraska, a team that's top 25 in the country in terms of resources, in terms of money. And you were tied at seven with North Dakota at the half. A, a North Dakota team that was bad last year. Well, don't kid yourself. We'll take some phone calls here. Don't kid yourself. You didn't have the football. So to, to have a touchdown and a missed field goal, you could have had 10 points. 10 points in 20-plus plays, you'll take. The, 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 the disappointing part is not getting off the field, I'll say it again, defensively. And, and I don't know if I had to lean. The, the bigger liability right now is, is your defense. Is there tackling? Is there lack at getting after the quarterback and just flat out stop, stopping the run? I mean, people are just running right behind their right guard at your interior for two games. Can you get better? I think you can. But, man, uh, you, you better figure out in a hurry uh, what you can be. And offensively, maybe your O-line's not going to be great. Maybe you're going to scheme some things with some unbalanced lines to get some creases. You still have some dudes that can go make plays. Nebraska's top dude, Palmer, can go out jump the North Dakota secondary. Can he do that two weeks against Oklahoma? Can he do that against Indiana's secondary? I mean, all those questions need to be answered, but Nebraska's got some options. And listen, and we'll ask Coach McBride this, I think the more quarterback run you can get away with, the better for this offense because it just absolutely screws with the defense. And is Casey Thompson a willing runner? He looked pretty good doing it. I mean, he's got a little bit of, bit of pops his moves, as good as Charles was running the option. But give me some more option. We'll get into that with Coach McBride and even ask Mitch about it. Yeah, when we've got uh, Chris hanging on the line. Okay. Here. Chris, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Hey guys, great job. The thing that really concerns me is we're, we're you know played you know two of the three or four worst teams on the schedule. You know, and the fourth best team in the Dakotas, and we have a turnover prone quarterback. What do you think about all those? Four, I mean, four turnovers in these first two games. That's awful. The um, the interception, and, the throws haven't been great. I won't put all of the picks on him. Yeah, the throws need to be better. The one against I mean, North Dakota was totally on him. But the uh, the other couple uh, were 50-50 balls, and I know he got he got smoked from behind and fumbled. So that well, that's on the line. The, the the throw on the to Wyatt Lever was a horrible throw. You can't you know you can't throw a ninety mile an hour fastball to guy that. You know, just a few yards away from you. Right, the, the old dumb and dumber snowball. So I think, yes, I think three of the four are are on him. Maybe the other one was a fifty-fifty. But uh, uh, you know, he's got you know, and he was turnover prone last year. You know, he had a lot of interceptions last year. Um, so you know, he's got to clean that up. We, he, you know, he can't have two turnovers a game. He, he's got to get forward. better. He's got to get better protection too. So I mean, I just think we got to quit blowing smoke up him and and. 
you know, say, hey, dude, you need to quit, you know, turning the ball over. I mean, North Dakota's a, you know, pretty bad team, seventh in the Missouri uh, mm-hmm. conference. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll say this. Chris, I'll they say this. Touchdown in the fourth quarter. So. I'll say this, Chris. The yeah. the fact that they typically would bring the kitchen sink and blitz everybody and anybody, they didn't do that. They thought they could get home with their four. Yep, and, and they did. Sometimes. And they did. So, they did. Chris, appreciate you listening. Thank Thanks you. for the phone call. Yeah, listen, his point about turnovers, very fair. I'm not going to put all of it on Casey. The the blindside strip sack, no good. Uh, easier to say than do to hold on to the football when you're going to get ripped. Uh, but you got to figure out a way to do it. Uh, touch and timing, it's just not looked real crisp all the time. Out of... Uh, halftime has been good for the offense when they get the football or their first possession has been pretty good. Can get your emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com and dial up at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. But you, you saw some good, there was some bad, and uh, there was... Some surprises on Saturday, but your mood right now isn't any better other than it's a win. That's not changed my outlook with this football team, with this program. I'm taking nothing for granted, taking nothing for granted. And that's a game they lose a year ago, two years ago. So I'm going to take the win and run if I'm a Nebraska fan. And my mood, how I feel right now after having a couple of days is that same feeling that I felt, uh, Beginning of 2017, Mike Riley's final year, whenever Nebraska opened the season against Arkansas You're already State. there. It, well, it just, it, I had that same feeling. Of against, you referenced 2017? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. You, you. you go back to Arkansas State, where it was a team that you were better than them. It looked even on the field like you were better than them, but somehow they kept on sticking around. Uh, you were shooting yourself in the foot at times. And uh, what happens, I think Nebraska wins by seven or eight. After, uh, it's close. after Arkansas State recovered an onside kick and had a, a chance to go down and tie this thing up and send it to overtime. And you walked out of the stadium going like, oh, man, like th- it's going to be one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't want to put it there yet, but that is the same feeling I have. That, that almost that, that sinking feeling in the, in the stomach where you look at what you have as a team and what your performances have been so far and you look what's coming up in the schedule and you go, I, I don't see this getting fixed that quickly. Could it? Sure, I, I, I see there's probably more talent, more potential on this team than there was in the team back in 2017. Mm-hmm. That was a team that was going downwards, and I do think this team is on an upward trajectory, but it's got to get on a much a much better upward trajectory mm-hmm. very quickly. It's, it's got to get that trajectory moving very quickly upward by probably next week. Your take on, on the Boo Birds, the, the fact that, that some players were taking it personal, I, I think you're... You're right with who it was directed at. Mm-hmm. It wasn't directed at the quarterback. It wasn't directed at the lines. It was directed at the product, which you're a part of. But you, you just, again, you, you expected some physical dominance for the folks that have had season tickets for four decades or four seasons or whatever your case. You're at a breaking point right now if you're a Nebraska fan. And you just, right now, you hope you get through Saturday night, and then uh, all bets are off, right? You get you get all cranked up for Oklahoma, your redemption song, cue up Bob Marley uh, from what happened in Ireland. 
and there's still plenty of plenty of ball to play. But how how quick can this team get better? Mm-hmm. And from a tackling standpoint, I'm glad there's going to be more one versus ones. But it goes to a bigger discussion point. What's the tackling been like? What what are you teaching? And what are you doing during the week? What have you been doing during the program build that you've, you've been here, you know, year five now? And tackling's, tackling's not always been that bad, but it's been, uh, it's been an issue for sure through this, uh, this first couple of weeks. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are presented by Currency. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Mitch Sherman's on the way. Coach McBride, less than an hour. And then a Tuesday with with Rick Kaczynski on Hale Varsity Radio. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio. Yes, that's awesome. Hale Varsity Radio presented to you by Currency. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? I'm doing all, I'm doing all right. Uh can't complain how about you chris hang it in man we're uh we're, we're off the couch that's a good thing so good to hear good to hear i'm glad that you're on the on the rebound yes uh chicken noodle soup and, and and all of that good stuff mitch what did saturday tell you about nebraska football but there's still a ways to go that'd be the place i'd start that nebraska has it in them to stare down some adversity and not wilt. Uh, So there's that. The level of competition is going to increase, and it's going to be more difficult in the weeks ahead, every week ahead, Mm -hmm. uh, after this week, but even this week probably, to come back from uh, a moment that doesn't look good. But you got to start somewhere. And it had been a long time since they had tasted victory, since this team had won a game. So to do it in really any fashion, you know, if it had been 20 to 17, I think we'd all be sitting here (laughs) panicking a bit or watching Nebraska panic or watching the fans panic. But they'll definitely take 38 to 17, uh, no matter the path that that it required to get there. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, and Mitch with The Athletic. Mitch, uh, Nebraska leaned on the ground game. They they leaned on Anthony Grant. Do you, 
as you look at this team, you were right on about the adversity facing that and, and overcoming for the first time in a long time. But the, the formula was, was the ground game. And mm-hmm. what did you think about Nebraska turning to that when they did in the second half? That's the team that Nebraska wants to be. And I, I think that Scott Frost understands and, you know, amid all of this conversation, I'll call it, about <laughs> how the plays were called and who, the play, who, who called the plays, I do think that there's a recognition on the part of the head coach that he's been around this conference among the offensive coaches along with Sean Becton longer than anyone this conference being the Big Ten, not the Missouri Valley that they were up against on Saturday. And that what it's going to take to win is a commitment to physical football and being able to run it. So if you can't do that and show that you can do it against North Dakota, it's not going to work against just start at the beginning. Illinois, Indiana, the teams that are on Nebraska's schedule first in Big Ten play, let alone – those formidable names at the end of the schedule that you know and everybody (laughs) knows well. So it's a start. You did it. You did what you set out to do in establishing something at the line of scrimmage, and you've got a foundation. If Nebraska had come out in the second half and decided to abandon the run game and just throw it all over the place, and that was good enough to beat North Dakota, I think – it would feel different this week. Not that it feels great, uh, but it would feel different. Um, At least they did it with the formula that they're going to need, and you can go from there. I I will say, though, that it wasn't all the ground game. It wasn't like they they won that only with the ground game. The biggest play of that game, arguably, is the pass off the goal line from Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer on third and 14 when Nebraska was up seven midway through the fourth quarter. If that ball is not caught by Trey Palmer, and he made a quite an effort to adjust to that and beat at least one, maybe two defensive backs who had an opportunity to knock it down, if that ball falls to the ground or is picked, Nebraska's in a really precarious position in the fourth quarter. And I think everybody's thinking, I can't believe we're watching this again. So, while the run game put Nebraska in position to win and initially got it the lead in the second half, uh, Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer bailed them out a bit with the pass game. Mitch, let's – I mean, the, 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 the offensive line, though, the pass protection, it almost felt like to me that Nebraska started leaning on the run game, A, because it was there, but, I mean, B, when Casey Thompson did drop back, he didn't have much time at all to throw a couple of sacks in that first half, and uh, they were like, well, the, the running game's working, let's go there. And, and you said that's a, a team that Nebraska wants to be, but do you think that's a, a team that they can be behind what the offensive line has shown us so far this season, um, being an offensive line that can't effectively protect Casey Thompson against a team in North Dakota and uh, has only been able to open up rushing lanes against North Dakota? And, and they, they did it better in the second half, but they, they still didn't do it with consistency all game. Yeah, I think Anthony Grant basically opened up his own running lanes. You know, he was making a lot out of a little in a number of spots. Nebraska's not that team right now that it needs to be and that it wants to be, but it has to try to be that team. It can't, it, it can't uh, give up on the run game, no matter what it looks like right now, because 
it, you know, otherwise you're just looking at it as a disaster season. They have to they have to keep working at it. It's not they're not going to win Big Ten football games being a one dimensional team. You mentioned the pass protection. You know, Casey's not going to survive uh, into October if that far, if even that far, um, without a run game to support him. So. In a sense, this was the perfect opponent, and, and this week again against Georgia Southern will be another ideal opponent to be able to work on that. I, I expect Nebraska, well, we'll see. Maybe they'll come out and throw it all over the place, but I expect <laughs> Nebraska to double down on that effort in the run game this week. You know, Mark Whipple said today that that was about the high number they want to get for carries with Anthony Grant. You don't want to go over 25, especially early in the year. If you need him for that against Iowa at the end or Wisconsin, and he's rolling, great. But they don't want him worn down uh, on on September 25th. So I think you'll see an effort this week by Nebraska, not just to commit to the run game and to have some momentum going into OU with what they're doing on the ground. Uh, they're going to do it with a number of backs, I, I would think. We saw A.J. Allen. And I think we'll see some others, um, unless the game just dictates that Nebraska has to throw. I mean, if they commit a turnover early, something goes wrong in special teams, Georgia Southern's the kind of offense that could put up a couple touchdowns. And then if Nebraska gets in a position where it has to throw and it can't run the ball, that, that's, a, that's a, because of, of the, the, the game situation. That's a real, a real problem um, against that opponent. They, they've they need to continue to find a way to run the ball so they have that to rely on, even if it's not their bread and butter in the Big Ten. Otherwise, there's just not a path to enough victories in the Big Ten to have this be a successful season. Mitch Sherman joins us. It's Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Read him with The Athletic. Mitch, uh, you had a story come out, great feature on Mickey Joseph, and you had a chance to get caught up with uh, some of the friends and family of Mickey that – really are, are smiling that he's back in Lincoln. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Um, was hoping that that story was going to work uh, out of the home opener. I had my doubts through the first half and part of the <laughs> second half. Wasn't going to write about Mickey if Nebraska opened with a loss against North Dakota. That just wouldn't have uh, – <laughs> it wouldn't have hit. But um, things worked out to be able to do that in the second half of the game and – I'm just happy uh, to be able to tell that one. Um, I had kind of wanted to do that for quite a while and, and decided that the home opener in his homecoming, his first game inside of Memorial Stadium on that field in, in more than 30 years, was a good time to, to look back and, and look ahead and talk to Trev Alberts. Um, I talked to Steve Taylor, who was the quarterback at Nebraska when – Mickey Joseph was recruited, and, and Steve had some, some fun memories and some fun things to say. He talked about how Tom Osborne kept him as far away from Mickey Joseph as possible when, when Mickey was being recruited, you know, knowing the personalities of both of them. I don't think Mickey <laughs> wanted to see this QB from California who had two years of eligibility left throwing the ball all over the stadium. And I don't think Steve really wanted to see the hotshot kid from Louisiana. So that was fun, and those two have reconnected since Mickey has been back uh, th- this last year. And it was really interesting to get Steve's perspective and interesting to get Trev's perspective. And, and as you said, um, just to be able to retell that story um, about Mickey's family, um, the five Joseph um, boys, um, they're basically brothers, but they're cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey has two brothers, and then 
he has the two first cousins, uh, Derek and, and, and Terry. And uh, we remember Terry as the Nebraska secondary coach and for a couple of years on, under Bo Pelini. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just uh, you know, Mickey's somebody I think that, that people – uh, right now are excited about and it's good to be excited about some things with Nebraska football right now because there's some d- discouraging things too as as we know and as we've discussed but um, you know I, I think the hope for a lot of people is that he can be part uh, of this program for a, an extended period of years and and uh, he and his family would uh, would like that to be the case. Mitch about 60 seconds taking the points given the points hypothetically here with uh, Georgia Southern coming in. It's a tw- 22 point line? Yeah. 22 and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, this is like one of those ones that looks too obvious. I, I, don't, I don't really see um, Nebraska winning this thing by 20 plus points. Um, you know, I'm not putting any stock really in Georgia Southern uh, taking care of Morgan State, but uh, I haven't seen that. You know, Georgia, Georgia Southern's going to have some athletes, they're going to throw the ball. I suppose there's a scenario. There definitely is a scenario where Nebraska just controls the clock with its run game and uh, keeps the ball away from Georgia Southern. And then, yeah, you could win 35 to 10, something like that. But no, I, I would, I would, uh, I would take the points on this one and, and expect it to be maybe not a nail biter, but closer than 21 or 22. How many safeties with Iowa, Iowa State? Uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with one. Okay, one safety in this game. I'm trying to be realistic. I was going to say like six, but let's just let's be realistic here. One. I, it's going to be a weird game. That's all I can tell you. That's all I know. These games always are, and this is the one that Matt Campbell has to win. This is this is the game. This is it. This is the dragon that he has left to slay. Uh, he's done everything else. He's beaten everybody else uh, except Iowa. Mm. Um, and this is uh, you know it's in Iowa City, so tough. But I think this is this has to be the year for him. Mitch Sherman. Find him with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, we'll talk to you on Saturday, but thanks for the time. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. There Take is. Care, Mitch Sherman with us on Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented to you by Currency. And uh, coming up in about 20 minutes, Charlie McBride will join us. A Black Shirt Tuesday with Coach Charlie. Uncle Charlie chimes in and then Rick Kaczynski with us. Phones are open for you the next 20 minutes, so get in line. If you're on hold, stay there. And uh, more with Hale Varsity thoughts on North Dakota as we look towards uh, Georgia Southern with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio presented to you by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. You can chime in on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. 
for Elijah or at H Varsity Radio. So emails to get to. Phone uh, lines are jammed. We'll get your calls on North Dakota. Pete with us to get kicked off here. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How you doing today? We're good, man. Thanks for calling. Well, I'm going to give my opinion, and I'll see if you agree or disagree. Sure. I think for this offense to really move the ball, that quarterback has to keep the ball on some zone reads. He has to scramble when, when he's got pressure and no open receivers. And what that does is really change a defense when that quarterback scrambles. I'm not sure he's a willing runner or willing to, to, to do that. But if this offense is going to go at all, uh, he's got to be more involved in running the football one way or, or another. The second part that's been very disappointing to me is the middle linebacker play. Through two games, our middle linebackers have really gone downhill, uh, haven't really improved. And I don't know who they've got really to put in at the middle linebacker play. Uh, that pure freshman, uh, he's not ready. I think it's Clark, Clarvec or whatever. He came in and did a better job in the fourth quarter. But uh, the defensive back and the linebacker, middle linebacker play has not been good this year, in my opinion. They've, and on offense, offensive line is not real good, but that quarterback has to be willing to take take that ball, tuck it, and do some running to open up that open up the defenses. Pete, you're you're right on with the quarterback run game. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, earlier in the show, but you need a willing runner at quarterback. You saw Casey keep it and then scramble as well, and and he's got he's got. Thanks for the phone call, Pete. We'll uh, let you get out. But no, it's yeah, that's that's a, a, a great point. And moving forward, you need to see it because it's going to help the O line. It's going to help diversify the run game. So it's not. Let's everyone pile on Anthony Grant, and that allows you some outside. And Nebraska practices it. So the question now becomes durability. And I, quite frankly, if I'm a pro-style passing guru like Mark Whipple, and I'm Scott Frost, who knows that running the football as a quarterback is a lot of fun, (laughs) you need a happy medium. But they both need to let it happen. Whether that smothers with some packages who might be a little bit more durable, or, or Casey, there's your answer, Elijah. You need to see more of it moving forward. And maybe that is part of the plan. You just didn't want to break it out till Oklahoma. Yeah, At this point, find a way to survive in advance. But it's not like this game wasn't in the balance in the third quarter whenever you, you exactly. need some yardage. And you saw some run. And you saw some quarterback run. I think Husker fans would like a little bit more. And we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But... Um, I, I think you saw how Anthony Grant was playing as well, and he said, you know what, I, I don't necessarily think we need to, to add in too much quarterback run here once those rushing lanes started opening up a little bit. And I think that's a big positive from this game is the fact that Anthony Grant did solidify himself as RB1, maybe the, the only real positive takeaway from the game on Saturday. But there's still way too many spots across the starting 11 on both sides of the ball where I, I don't think the coaching staff knows who the best guys are to put in there yet. When you talk about... Uh, the linebacker rotation, as Pete said, the, the rotation up front on the offensive line. There, there's too many spots within this team where uh, you would hope by week two of the season you would know who the, the best 11 are each side of the field. I don't, think, I don't think this team knows yet. Well, the interior defensive line has not kept people off the linebackers mm-hmm. consistently. And I don't think you have, you, you know, that's a part of it. I don't think you know who those interior defensive linemen are that you You're want to get to figure that out. all the snaps are. I mean, they were talking after Northwestern, and I think we saw it a little bit more this week, if they're still trying to figure out how many snaps to get each guy a game and uh, and what that rotation needs to look like. It was, it was way more spread out. More and more guys got 
more of an equal number of snaps, and you had more snaps with Win than than he had had. He's a guy that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. He's got to get up to speed and keep those guys off of your your small. I mean, Henrich isn't a small linebacker, but Reimers isn't a huge dude. Houseman will be fine. He's got to get used to the game speed. Uh, Greg with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, go ahead. It's, it's Randy. Randy, my fault. Yeah, Randy. Randy, my man, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up? How you feeling? I, I know you weren't very well last week. I'm all right. I, uh, I took my uh, my prescriptions and and I'm doing all right, Randy. I, I, I'm I've got I'm at least a negative test with COVID. Well, that, that kind of reflected in the team too going into last week. You know, I mean they they came back off a long road trip, so that first half kind of looked like what you'd expect. You know, with them with them coming back. No, fair point. I mean, it was a it was a mother of a grind. I'll give you that. Yeah. And we didn't do okay, anything so except. Here's what I think about Ramir Johnson. <laughs> okay, I think they're holding him back for Oklahoma. I swear, I think Ramir is going to have a breakout game in the Oklahoma game. I think I agree with you, except Ramir posted a, a caged dog showing his yeah, teeth I know, I know, on I know, social I media. That was very so, disturbing. While, while they may be holding him back, he wants to see some action, aside but, from you kickoff. Know, you, can't, you can't post that without getting you – know, I know damn well that uh, Frost probably put him in an office and talked to him about that. I don't know if that happened or not, Randy, but I'll say this. You just got to be patient because right now – yeah, for the first time in a long time, you really can't have any complaints about Nebraska's running game. No, either, no, no, either, either no, be it Allen or Grant is the man, or Grant Anthony. Is something we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. And, and, and Scott Frost did say uh, in his presser yesterday that uh, he thinks Ramirez is the guy they're going to rely on a lot moving forward this season. But my question is: is why wouldn't you use him against North Dakota in a game that was in the balance late? That that was not a very good post by Ramirez. No, it wasn't. And the other part of it, too, is you just, from a rhythm standpoint, you had Grant in. He just busted one off. He's not in to start the next series, and you go three and out because the back that came in wasn't lathered up. Randy, yeah. thanks for the phone call, brother. Uh, I got one more thing. Go I got for it. One more thing. Go for um, it. Okay, the open field tackles, of course, we're not very good at that right now. No, and they're, the, they're, they're uh, bad. onside kick, I don't, I don't get that. It was a squib. It was a squib, Randy. It wasn't an intentional onside. No, I know it wasn't a plan because we had the the penalty, and then that's probably what they got on the call sheet. I still think we need to keep that deep, you know. (laughs) Well, you were trying to put it somewhere pinned in the 20. It's an execution thing, but the place went nuts. (laughs) Yes, it did. Uh, I love you guys. You guys got a great show. And I'm enjoying it. Randy, appreciate you listening, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thanks, yep. 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. We'll take some more calls. uh, And don't forget, 15 minutes away, you have Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. And then we'll uh, be excited to hear from Coach Rick Kaczynski. Do we have time or yeah, no? We have Brennan on the line. I'm just, you've probably heard I left my mic on. Well, who do we have? Brennan. Have Brennan hang on. I don't want to short him. Okay. We're up against a, a hard break, so we'll have Brennan hang on the line. Emails to get in, chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, an email from Ted. Really like what Ted uh, put in here. Uh, Ted, longtime listener, he says, I may be off, but it start, It seems to me that the O-line may have started the gel in the second half. 
Offensive lines uh, need to function as one. And this one is still new to too new to be automatic. I'm optimistic. And uh, that is not the norm for me. Ted, you've been a straight shooter for years on this show, but he's optimistic. Lutowski came in, mm-hmm. did well. They ran behind him. There were still some guys that got out physical by North Dakota D linemen. They shouldn't have been out physical by, but I don't disagree. We'll wind down hour one next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by your friends at Currency. And for all your equipment financing needs, you gotta go. Currency, 10 minutes away from Uncle Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, on a Tuesday. And then Rick Kaczynski joins us. Brennan has been on hold. Brennan, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. It's uh, good to be back with you. I haven't called in in a while. No hell, hey, you're still watching ball and you're hanging on, aren't you, white knuckling this season? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I wish the knuckles weren't white. Um, so, you know, I'm, I've, I've been the first one to hop on the postgame show and really brag on what Nebraska has done on these last couple Saturdays. Um, but then come Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm trying to look at everything through rose-covered glasses. And I guess <laughs> it's, it's hard at times, but, man, historically speaking, if you can go back even when I was in college, which is coming up on 11 or 12 years now, FCS teams have always played Nebraska tough. I mean, that was when I was in college, South Dakota State came down there and their running game kind of had our way, I think, with the Indomitian Sioux defense at that time. So it's no secret those teams are getting harder or those teams are, are, are getting better, those FCS teams. But I don't want to, I don't want to paint excuses, but man, it's just flat out hard to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think that gets lost in sight. It doesn't matter if you're Alabama. Well, maybe it does, but. But uh, it's it's hard to win Division One college football games, and and uh, I guess I'm I'm respecting that more and more. So, no, uh, not not to rag on any positions. We have a lot of corrections that we need to make for sure. But uh, trying to stay optimistic. No, and I think there there's a, a good portion of the fan base, Brennan. Thank you for listening, brother. Always appreciate your uh, input, and thanks for the phone call today. Uh, with uh, with the show and, and your post-game contributions as well. And, yeah, I mean, there, there's a section of the fan base that is absolutely like that, where, dude, just going to tuck it under my arm and grit my teeth and fall forward, right? Let's find the end zone. And, and then there's the, the fan base that needed to see the jump. And there's a lot of arrows this week, and that's also deserved because – You've had some of these guys on the lines of scrimmage, whether they're new faces, they've been in programs. I, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about Oshan and, and what he can give you. I know the, the effort level of, of Garrett. I think Caleb Tanner's playing good football. Got to have some help on the interior. We'll, we'll get there with Coach McBride here shortly. We'll talk to Coach McBride also about implementing some more quarterback runs, some option, that fine line of playing Frogger with your quarterback. Right? Can 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 you avoid serious injury? You beat the hell out of the last guy for four years. Well, now there's some help at running back. Maybe that's a difference that's pretty big time. And uh, you still have some guys on the outside that can go make a play for you. They need to do it in Big Ten play. 
Soon enough, Oklahoma's coming to town, and that'll be electric, assuming you survive, and you should, this week against Georgia Southern. Reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Plenty of emails to get into next hour. And a pretty funny sit down with Ed Orgeron. Hmm. Coach O and Stuart Mandel threw this out there. I know there's been some some criticism and, and backlash with Lee Corso still doing game day. Bless his heart. I mean, he's still out there giving it his all despite his age and suffering from, from that stroke. But Coach O is, is the new coach on game day at some point. That's something to think about. Hour two on the way. Hale Varsity continues presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmidt's underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back with you, Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska, by uh, Currency, Swear Swear Jar, yeah, (laughs) Currency, Currency, your friends at Currency, for all your equipment financing needs, go Currency, I'm going to put a shock collar on, if that ever happens again, Elijah, you just pound away, my friend. I would just like to let you know that the first day we had this change last Thursday, I did not mess it up once. Just okay, to, just, just, to throw just it out there. telling me that. I, so I, I think the record is now one Schmitty zero, Elijah, in terms of <laughs> messing that one up. We are, we are keeping score. Currency, uh, for all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt himself. And Monday turned Tuesday with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride with us. Coach, how's the weather up in Michigan? Beautiful. We we get we get a lot of overcast, but um, the weather weather wise, it's been really temperature and so on has been really nice. So I mean, I'm surpri- surprisingly nice. And I woke up this morning. I had to go take my car and get it out of here because we had doctor's appointments. My wife and I both. Mm-hmm. And they put a new road in our behind our house, and it's a private road. So they came in with one of those big thing grinders that comes tear, tears up everything. So if you didn't have your car out of here, you're not going anywhere. So I had to get up at five thirty, which was fun. I do come that close anyway, and, and put my car out by the golf course. Well, I, I'm glad, but I, I can see you kind of. Watching the machine work, ripping some stuff up, yep. and maybe getting a kick out of it. Yeah, I, I did. I was waving at the guys and laughing at them and having, 
you know, they 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 tore the joint up pretty pretty good. <laughs> Well, it uh, probably makes you think back to some offensive and defensive lines, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that, that, that's the most fun. You know, a lot of times, you know, coaches get paid a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? And I know when I was coaching, I, I guess we didn't think as much about the money part. When we started, we knew we weren't going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the important thing was, is that for me, was is seeing the kids, if you win a game, how happy they are and how much they feel like they've accomplished and stuff like that. That was worth the money for me. Mm. Coach, what would you think of North Dakota and Nebraska? Well, I thought the first part I was ready to throw up. Um, but, you know, I mean, it wasn't very good. It was kind of a it was kind of boring almost it got you know i didn't know it seemed like we didn't have any juice or something mm-hmm. it just seemed like we got off on the wrong side of bed out of the bed you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying that sure. just in the second half you know you, it, that was a that was a challenge and they did a good job i think they did some really good things and I think uh, both 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 lines uh, came to play. I think there's some of those young, not younger, but some of the guys that came in to play. I think are going to be good backup people or good starters. I mean, it just depends on how they develop. But I think they're going to have two two defensive lines and maybe one extra guy that really do something. You know, do something well. Where that other, you know, that looked pretty good. And offensively, I think they got a little better coming off the ball in the second half. You know, I, I did, I had a little bit of that problem. I just went and got a board with a nail in it and stood behind them and showed them how to get off the ball fast. You know the, what I'm saying? Well, it was the, mo- I think you, you titled your, your favorite two by four the motivator, didn't you? That's right. Well, the, the managers they had my they had that thing, and any time I'd say go get the board, and everybody'd laugh. Oh, they'd light up. But I, you know, I mean, I never. I just told them that they were going to have. You know, it, it really hurt if I ever got them, which I never would. Never would do that. But you know, they never know for sure. It's just a prop. I promise. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, you know, and I always had a one-way ticket, and uh, on the bus, they aren't going on any airplane. So, so you, you had a bus <laughs> ticket and a a giant two by four with a rusty nail through it. Okay, that's right. But football's got to be fun, so you got to do some. Sometimes do some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, football's got to be fun. Let's go get a tetanus shot after practice. <laughs> That's good. Charlie McBride's with us uh, Tuesday with Charlie on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, I want to get your thoughts on on quarterback run. How how could it improve the offensive line in this offense if, if there's some more option to Nebraska's attack? Well, any time you have, you know, any options out of, uh, let, let's put, just put it this way. <clears throat> I know that one of the things that we did when I, way back when I was in high school, we had, <clears throat> we had, the way our offense was, we had a play, we had a, 
pass off of it off of that play, mm-hmm. and we had a reverse off of that play. So we we might have had ten or fifteen, twenty plays we ran, and we had all of those things we worked on as far as now the passing. You know, plays will maybe five of the six of the plays. Well, the quarterback will do the same thing. So you know, it wasn't a big secret. But if you're running the trapping game and you run a trap trap pass or something. You know, that takes care of the linebackers a lot of times, gives them a hard problem. They think it's a run and they're not getting in their zones and you got stuff open. And so, you know, it's, but that that's just a, what I'm getting at is a lot of times you can flip a quarterback run in a, in a lot of those plays, especially when you have guards pulling two mm-hmm. of them, you know, one like kicking out, one sealing inside and a, you know, in the quarterback running, and and you know, I think you're seeing a lot, a lot more of that. Uh, I was watching Alabama and some of those teams play LSU and them, and they all had something, you know, with their quarterback as it was. And that, you know, head coaches a lot of times are all worried about that quarterback getting hurt, <clears throat> and that's why I think that the not having as much contact and so forth early in the year. Uh, not only is it not good for the linemen and, and as far as teaching, but it's it's not good for the quarterback as far as, you know, if you're going to treat him like a baby and don't let anybody hit him, he's going to be hurting in the first game. And that mm-hmm. first whack he takes, he's going to be, you know, something's going to be sore or you're not going to be used to it. Otherwise, they just jump up and laugh at you and go back to the huddle. Mm-hmm. Charlie McBride's you know, with so- us here on a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, you talk about that quarterback run game, and while I think that that could be a factor moving forward, I think that the preference would be from this Husker coaching staff to establish a run game with your running backs. And I think Anthony Grant made a good case for that moving forward to get him in that 20-plus touch range per game. But did you see a potential winning formula for this Husker team in the second half, or is that just Nebraska doing what they should do against an FCS foe in North Dakota? Well, I think you, I mean, you know, you, you saw a pretty good quarterback running game uh, when Martinez was playing for us. He, that was built into the offense because he was a good runner. I, I think I think Thompson's a good runner. Yeah. I just think he's been put in a position where he doesn't have to. Now, you know, when you go back, you know he's got some, probably got a little bit of what his dad, his dad hit. Cause, I mean, really could run with the ball. I mean, he was big time stuff. And um, so you know he all the quarterbacks that I see that they have can run. I mean, there's not so it it you know if you're if you have and again you've looked at running quarterbacks a little bit when you recruited. Uh, I know at least when when they when when they first came here, you know when Scott first came here he was a running quarterback. And when he started in his program, if you look at back at UCF, his quarterback was a running quarterback. And as you know, our offense was pretty big on running, our quarterback running the ball. So I think in his mind, I think, you know, he's got a, he's got a little bit of that in him. And I think that's, that's probably a good thing. Because you're not taken away. If somebody gets hurt, you got another guy that can run too. And that that's where you know some schools have one guy that can run and one guy that can't and one 
when one's hurt and one's not, you know, then you know where you can find the quarterback usually. Charlie McBride's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, a Tuesday with Charlie. Coach with us. We were off yesterday recapping Nebraska. What's your, your thought with, with the fan base, Coach, and what's, what's realistic about improvement on both lines of scrimmage because Nebraska's not been throwback dominant where they've just lined up and out-muscled somebody? Maybe that happens this Saturday, but Oklahoma's around the corner. Big Ten football's around the corner, and some of Nebraska's opponents look pretty stiff on, on both lines of scrimmage. That's Indiana. That's that's Illinois. I'm not, I'm not even into Wisconsin or Iowa yet, or, or Michigan. Well, here's, here's the thing. Young people, when they're young, they really don't understand how, what it really is. You know, it really takes. I've asked the kids how many guys in here have played as hard as they can play. And you'll you'll have you'll have a few of them raise their hand and I played as hard as I can. And my answer to them is no, you haven't. <laughs> Simple, you you haven't played hard yet. I mean, and you don't know what playing hard really means. And that means every play, and I mean that means you're a different person. You you have to you have to control the game. You got to show people who's the boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that's the way it goes. And I think with each game, they're going to be playing against some guys that if they're not going to be tough, they're going to get the snot knocked out of them. And um, so, I think that it help. It helps the experience part of it is the best teacher, mm-hmm. you know. And mistakes are are a great teacher. I mean, it's you know you don't <laughs> naturally you don't like mistakes. Who likes them? I mean everything else and then they start realizing who who they're really playing for that they have teammates they have parents they have schools they have people that depend on them and uh you're you're standing up for these people so you know some sometimes they finally the light goes on and all of a sudden they realize that they can be tougher than they are or they can play harder than they do and I don't mean, you know, you have to, you know, like Coach Osborne said the first time I heard him talk to the team. The first thing he said to him, you don't have to win this game. I about fell out of my chair. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was in the wrong place. <laughs> but he, he said, what you do have to do is play every play as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. And the score will take care of itself. And if you get beat and you've done that, you got beat by a better team and you got nothing to be ashamed of. And 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 that you know that's pretty simple saying that sounds simple but it's it's really truthful. I mean, a lot of times guys play as hard as they can play, and and they and they lose, but they feel good about themselves and they feel good about the team because they played as hard as they could, and you know they did. And you know, and and I've been in those games where we've gotten beat, but the other team I knew was better we gave them everything we had and uh, so it's it's a it's a it's a mind game sometimes and uh, i think a lot of kids learn uh the more the more sometimes the more you get beat up the more you learn and i know one of woody hayes used to say something to the effect where there's no way to clean your soul out and get the snot knocked out of you (laughs) (laughs) coach we got about a minute here are you worried about the tackling? 
I might. <laughs> I'm always worried about the test. <laughs> 29 yeah. missed tackles in two games, I, though. I wear, well, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you can work on tackling. It's learn to tackle in the open field. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at just watch some of these running backs, what they're going to do when they see those guys on film diving low and doing that stuff on the ground, they're just going to jump over them. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're just jump over and keep running. And that guy, you're going to get nothing but air. So, you, you know, you have to go back and you have to start thinking about where your eyeballs are going and where your shoulders are going and things like that when people are coming at you. And you have to, you know, if you run up to a guy and he's doing all that shaking around, go ahead and go stand in front of him. I mean, I'm just talking about you wouldn't stand there, but right. go up there and get under control, okay? And the thing you need to do in the open field is get a hold of him. Take him, get a hold of him. You have friends that are coming, okay? And they know, and 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 you know where they are. So if you're spo- you're the corner. Mm-hmm. You want to keep him. You want to keep him so he doesn't get outside of you, right? Okay. And and that's simple. That you know where your help's coming from, and something like that. But uh, listen, if you grab his shirt, wonderful. He isn't running down the field. That's for sure. And you have to pull his shirt to get him down. That's the way you get him down in the open field. You're never going to make form tackles 99% of the time in the open field. Charlie McBride with us. Coach, we will holler next week. How's that sound for Oklahoma week? I'm going to go to that game. Good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to find out if Oklahoma brings some of their assistant coaches, so I can still get after them. <laughs> I love that. We'll get you some chicken wings too next week. Okay, <laughs> that'll be good. Take care. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. All right, okay. coach. Talk, talk to you next week. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Good to get caught up with Coach. He's fired up. Love to see him back in Lincoln. Coach Kaczynski on the way a Tuesday with Kaz on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10. $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio. A Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with his longtime Nebraska and Iowa coach. Kaz, I'm, I'm back out of the COVID dungeon. I'm sure you shed a tear for me. Yeah, I didn't realize you had COVID, man. So a lot of that going around, but uh, so you're back to normal and feeling good as new. But uh, air, air quote normal. I figured you you put money down that I was locked up abroad. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, COVID. That's good. I guess it's a uh, good excuse, right? And everybody's gonna buy that. So. <laughs> a detox after your uh, Ireland trip. Yeah, yeah, detox. Uh-huh. I think the Mayo Clinic. Got one of those uh, week-long intensive recovery. 
programs. Yeah, yeah I, I got sent away. That's the that's the <laughs> e true Hollywood story. Uh, Kaz, we'll, we'll get into some football around the the quarter. I thought uh, if you saw a little bit of North Dakota, Nebraska, what what'd you take away uh, from from Saturday? You know, uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah I was able to watch a uh, majority of the game. Um, you know, I just it just looked like everybody was a little bit tight, man. You know, it looked like the players were pressing. Um, you know, I, I get the expectations. Hey, man, we're in Nebraska. It's North Dakota. Um, you know, should should be up on them. You know, four scores in the first half, all that. And and, I, and there's a lot of merit to that. Um, I just saw I saw a tight I saw a tight football team. Um, you know, I, I I saw a team that you know was kind of playing. And and I've been on teams I've coached that way. You know, mistakenly where you're you're trying not to make a mistake, right? You put a lot of pressure on the kids. You're playing tight. You didn't play loose. You just didn't kind of go out and have the guns blazing. That's that's what kind of that's what kind of I saw um, from the team. It's not you know when you look at this team, I don't see like there's a lack of effort or attitudes and things like that. Um, you know, Shmi, I've been I've been on some really good football teams um, as a player and and you know as a coach. I've uh, been a part of you know Iowa Tucson Orange Bowl team to block two field goals to, to beat Northern Iowa, um, you know, McNeese State. You know, if we had played them, you know, 100 times, we probably would have beat them 99 times by four scores, but, uh, you know, needed Amir to, to pull it out. Um, there's just things that happen on Saturday when you, when you get a bunch of kids on a field. I'm not making excuses. I'm not an apologist. There's, there's a, ton of, a ton of work to do. There's a ton of things that watching a TV copy, it's really tough to see. Um, but there's a lot of things that you know, I didn't like. You know, the touchdown on the goal line, kid went in untouched. Obviously, the turnover. Um, and, and just kind of the whole, the whole overall rhythm of, uh, you know, of, the, of the offense for about three and a half quarters. You, you just still didn't. You still just didn't see that rhythm, that smoothness, that gelling. Um, you had guys, and I know that's part of it, that, that, you know, it's like they had to make plays to move the ball down the field. It wasn't, it wasn't methodic. And, you know, when you're playing in the Big Ten and when you're, when you're uh, playing a team like North Dakota who you're, who you're physic- way more physically imposing, then you want to see those methodic drives. And I just didn't see them string that together in, until, until the fourth quarter. Rick Kaczynski's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Kaz, as a coach, it's something I said in our reaction show on Saturday. It's something I want to get your take on. A ugly loss is better than a pretty win. Is that the mentality that's within the coaching staff as well as you evaluate film from over the weekend and start moving on to the next opponent, that an ugly win is better than a pretty loss? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it changes the whole dynamic. Imagine sitting here, you know, 0-2. You know, imagine Iowa sitting there 0-1 right now. Um, you know, I can tell you, I, I remember the feeling after that Northern Iowa game back in 2009, you know, but I can also tell you the feeling in that locker room after the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech. Nobody, nobody was talking about how bad we were on Tuesday um, and uh, how we won't win another game in that locker room in January. So, you know, it, it's really – it's really how you how you teach off that win. It's a lot easier to teach off the win 
in the wind, there's something positive to, uh, you know, there's something positive. But what I think, though, too, um, what you have to really look at, and I know the coaches are and the players are, is, is the same things kind of showed up, right? The line play on both sides um, should have dominated against, um, against um, North Dakota and, you know, should have, should have been way more up to par uh, against North, Northwestern. So that's, 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 the, con- that's the concerning um, thing for me. Uh, in both those games where there was some consistency with the inconsistent inconsistency of both fronts that you need to that you need to address and you know it is a lot easier to address early on and and after a win uh you know you come out to the practice field and you watch film and say okay if we do this against this team we do this against Oklahoma we do that we continue to do this um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a long season. So you know, all you got right now, you got another opportunity to get better after a win. It just changes the whole mindset during the week. Changes the whole mindset in your pre- preparation. It'll change the mindset of the atmosphere in the in the stadium. Imagine if uh, you know they're they're taking a lot of arrows right now. But imagine if they lost that game. Yeah, you probably would have had a coaching change. Who who knows? I mean, it it, it would have been it would have been terrible. So. It was ugly, but it's uh, it's a W. You know, you live to uh, you live to play the next week, and if you play well this week, nobody's going to be talking about North Dakota, right? They're going to be talking about the improvement, and they're going to be talking about you know having two wins back to back heading into the Oklahoma game. Rick Kaczynski is with us here on Varsity Radio. Kaz, what do you you know about Coach Helton? He's at Georgia Southern now, experienced quarterback, pretty crazy passing attack. What Saturday shape up to be a night game at Memorial? Well, you know it, it should be a tough environment for them to play in. Uh, obviously, um, you know you got the advantage, got the advantage right there. You know, night game in Memorial Stadium, so you know the fans, um, you know they'll they'll make it they'll make it hard, right? They'll make it hard on that offense. That offense, there's a lot of no huddle. There's a lot of communication. Um, there's a lot of things coming from the sideline. There's a lot of checks. There's a lot of, um, you know, signals communicated between the quarterbacks and the receivers. So, you know, uh, Nebraska should have the advantage that the crowd can, can make that tough on an offense like that. Um, and, um, you know, but also Nebraska's defense got to give, <laughs> got to get them off the field. Um, so, um, you know, Nebraska's got to keep the fans engaged. You know, the players got to keep keep those fans something to cheer about, something to get after them. But, um, you know, they get the ball out out quick. Um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a team that's going to line up and, and run the ball. Um, but they're not afraid to run the ball. There is there is a lot of uh, RPOs and those type of things. So you got to be you got to be really, really honed in with your with your eye eye discipline, and you know I know I hear people all the time. I even heard announcers Saturdays about watching quarterbacks. No, you don't watch you don't watch the ball. You watch your receiver. You know, unless you're in some type of like a you know drop eight where you're spot dropping, and you know you got the quarterback in front of you, and you're just passing things off. Then you read the quarterback's eyes. But you know you, you got to be tuned in to the route combinations. You got to pass things off. Um, you know, and that's when I was watching LSU, that's what LSU didn't, or that's what Florida State didn't do on that last drive. And, and you're going to see a lot of those concepts, you know, a lot of those crossers, a lot of those breakers, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of split coverage routes, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of high-low reads that are going to get the ball out of this quarterback's hands quick, quickly. So, you know, what you got to do, you got to get in throwing lanes. It's going to be hard to get home against this guy because the ball's out so quick. Um, but what you got to do, you can't give up scrambles, easy yards. You got to stay two by two um, in your throwing lanes. And what I mean by that, you know, when, when quarterbacks scramble, I can guarantee that three guys are on one side of the ball and one guy's on the other. It, 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 it never fails. So you got to stay two by two uh, when you're not bringing pressure. And when you're being, bringing pressure, you got to get home quick. And you got to get your hands up and you got to get different colors flashing in front of that quarterback's eyes. Um, you know, and with this, what they want, you know, they want to throw slants, they want to get penalties, they want you, you know, and then they're going to take their shots on their slant and goes and, and off their RPOs and, and things of that nature. But to me, I, I, I like this matchup with, uh, with the personnel that Nebraska has. I think Nebraska matches up matches up well with with their nickel and their and their dime personnel and I think they'll be able to get you know I think they'll be able to I don't know if they'll be able to get home it's not about getting home against a quarterback and an offense like this it's about disrupting them it's about making sure that this quarterback's feet uh, aren't set when he throws the football it's about not having clean throwing windows uh, where he can look down the field and see those crossers and see and anticipate those things opening up. But I really like the matchup. You know, if I was a betting man, I, I really think Nebraska's going to come ready to play. This is a game they need, especially sandwiched in, especially with, you know, the, the way the, they're perceived how to play and what they're hearing and, you know, all the rhetoric that's going on after the North Dakota game. This is exactly the game they need. Um you know, heading into Oklahoma, but I'd be shocked if if they don't show up and play well. I, re- I really like the, this matchup for Nebraska's defense against uh, uh, Helton's offense. Tuesday with Kaz, Hale Varsity Radio. More with Coach Kaz on the horn. Next segment, I want to tell you about a new sponsor. You need tickets or have tickets to sell, but you can't go. Red Zone Tickets buys and sells tickets for all types of events. Are you hunting that Oklahoma game? Well, uh, all you got to do is check in with Red Zone Tickets. They are fantastic. Log on today, redzonetickets.com. They're located in Omaha and extremely reliable, local, local folks that want to send you to the concert or play or big game you want to get to. They have an A-plus better business rating. And they have a 100% guarantee on all orders. And you'll receive authentic tickets and experiences you'll never, ever forget. It's time to check off that bucket list and create memories uh, that last a lifetime. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. That's RedZoneTickets.com. You need OU tickets RedZoneTickets.com. That's huge. I, I'm, I get so tired of those those national ticketing services. I'm not going to name any names, but they just hammer you with the fees, <laughs> and you don't even know if the ticket's real. It's brutal. <laughs> what happened, Elijah? Well, I went to a national ticketing agency and got punched in the face exactly. twice. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it feels like. Go local. Go Omaha. RedZoneTickets.com. Uh, that's Husker football and volleyball, NFL, Creighton basketball, concerts. Think of all the events that are up there at CHI, they can handle for you. Uh, RedZoneTickets.com. More Rick Kaczynski. 
Tuesday with Kaz on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. So the Tuesday with Rick Kaczynski here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Kaz, let's briefly hit something that we hit a little bit last week. Nebraska's continued problems with tackling. It's, it's going to be huge on Saturday for Nebraska to just get the ball carried to the ground. Don't give up those leaky yards. And uh, Nebraska, again, struggled on Saturday. I've seen people complain about uh, the way they go about tackling, the fact that there aren't guys flying around to the ball. Well, what's your take on the tackling and the, this, the continued issue it's become for Nebraska? Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of tackling isn't the actual, you know, getting the runner down. It's, you know, it's getting to the runner. Just like we talked about last week, you know, when you have multiple people close to the to the ball carrier, it takes those angles away from that ball carrier. You got to get the runner to slow down. You know, you got to get him to downshift. When I was watching Nebraska on Saturday, once again, it's a TV copy, right? You know, you get spoiled as a coach. End zone, reverse, you know, slow. You know, guys are three foot tall on the screen. You can see things a lot more, but. You know, just kind of watching it once again, you know, the, the the run sometimes, you know, they hit the second and third level with this guy. He's still, you know, he's still in his top gear. You know, you got to get guys to go sideways. I mean, you know, there was a lot of run plays that I saw where this running back from North Dakota and Northwestern, I mean, those guys were one cut and then vertical. You know, you got to make guys side, go sideways. So now you got those pursuit angles you got the cavalry running to the ball, and you're taking angles away. Just like we talked about before, tackling a guy one-on-one in open spaces is one of the most difficult things to do, if not the most difficult thing to do in football. So you got to get people running to the ball. Um, you, know, go, you know, when you look at that touchdown that they scored on the third, in the third quarter after the interception, and he ran through the A-gap uncontested, that's what you can't do. He hit the end zone at the same speed and when he came through the line, you got to make that guy make a second cut. You got to make him go sideways, and that allows your defense to take the proper angles to help out. Right, that gets more guys to the ball, getting off blocks and, and pursuing. So I'm going to stick with this for in, until Nebraska proves me wrong, and I sound like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I think it has more to do with running to the football, getting more guys to the ball. Right, getting more guys to the ball, taking those angles away, and just you know you got to get those guys to go sideways. You got to get those running backs to make a second cut, um, and you got to be close when they catch the ball. You know that's how you make tackles on on passes, man. You got to be right there. You got to be contestants, and you got to be close. You know you let a guy catch a ball, and you're three, four, or five yards away, man. Good luck. That's a tough tackle for Ronnie Lott, and that's a tough tackle for. Uh, Steve Atwater and Deion Sanders, you name it, and put the best back there. That that that's tough, but you know you got to contest balls. You got to be close to the ball carrier in order to give your, yourself uh, a chance to um, you know to get them on the ground in the open field. Gaz, a quick take from the weekend. What did you think of the Irish against Ohio State? And were you part of the other two safety game at Iowa back in '04? <laughs> no, that was. A- that was right before I got there. I got there in uh, in uh, late December '04, um, but uh, I remember I remember that game uh, vividly. Yeah, it was it was it was ugly. But those were two 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 great teams uh, that were on the field that day. I mean, Penn State's defense was probably one of the top in the 2000s, um, and same with Iowa on that day. But 
yeah, you know, it was a, that was that was tough sledding, tough sledding. You know, to be honest with you, it's really amazing. You know, everybody's talking about Iowa's defense. You know, how about how about South? Was it South Dakota State? Yeah. I mean, how about how about their defense? I mean, you look at look at uh, the field position that Iowa was given. I mean, you know, those South Dakota State played on their heels all day. I mean, they answered the bell. I know everybody's talking about. Iowa's defense, man, South Dakota State's defense. If 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 I'm a power five coach, man, I'm going I'm looking at that coordinator right now. That's a guy that's on my list that hey, when when, when I'm hiring position coaches, I I want that guy on my staff because those dudes, man, they didn't look they didn't look like an FCS school. You know, not not physically, not structurally, not the way they played. They played sound. So I was more impressed. You know, I think people should be talking more about that South Dakota State defense more than Iowa's offense. I mean, you know, what? Why are people surprised, right? Because it's South Dakota State. Because when you, you look at you look at Iowa, you go back. I think since seventeen, the highest rank that they finished in offense, I think is eighty-eighth. I think last year they were one hundred and twenty-four. So anywhere between eighty-eighth and one twenty-four, that's where they have finished. And they've just always played like, and they they've been top five, top eight defense during that period with Phil Parker. So uh, now, did you expect a little bit more out of them? A- absolutely, you know, a- absolutely, you know. I, so that was tough sled, and that was that was uh, whew, that was that was a that set offensive football back <laughs> about twenty years on uh, on both sides both sides of the ball. But once again. You come out with a win, and what does Iowa do historically? Iowa historically gets gets better, right? You came out with a win, so it's not necessarily, you know, about week one. If they come out, they take care of business like they have consistently against Iowa State. You play well on offense. All that rhetoric goes away, and you can't worry. As a player, as a coach, you can't worry about that rhetoric. You know, it's there. It's an elephant in a room. Now, how, how do you fix it? You know, how do you fix it? You know, do you fix it with different guys? You know, you, you can't change your offense. You can't change who you are. Um, you know, you can't really change how you're practicing. Um, you know, so what do you do at this point? You know, you might have to change the people that you're asking to do uh, what you're doing. So so that might be coming a little bit there. But, you know, I'm not a coach at Iowa. I don't read about all that stuff over there. Uh, I don't, you know, I watch them, but I don't, I don't follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <laughs> You don't have to follow them to know what people are saying about them, but yeah, man, that was a defensive clinic on both sides, both sides of the ball. But obviously, a lot of work to do on the uh, on the offensive side. Kaz, you think the Irish played well? Uh, I, th- I thought yeah. they played super physical, just a little too much Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, you know, I thought Ohio State would be a little bit more explosive. Um, you know. I, Quite frankly, I mean, it's obviously where I went to school, I wasn't expecting it to, to be that close. Uh, I thought it was going to be, be um, you know, uh, not a blowout, but I thought that uh, Ohio State would have taken uh, control of the game much earlier than they did. Um, you know, obviously, Harry Easton, uh, he's the best O-line coach uh, in, in the country. He'll, he'll get those guys straight. They didn't look physically outmatched. Um, to me, you know, I, both teams look the same. I mean, it looked like two fast football teams. It looked like two physical football teams. It looked like, you know, um, two athletic football teams. So I think when you look at you look at Notre Dame teams in the past when they played, and I'm, I'm going back, you know, you know, 12, 15 years ago, I think 
I think that when they played the Ohio States, they played the Alabamas, it looked a little bit different. Those guys looked a little bit different. So when you put that TV on Saturday night, you know, Notre Dame kind of looked like Ohio State. They didn't, they, they weren't out athletes, uh, whatever, I, I want to say it, out-athleted, is that a word? Yeah, Probably not, but sure. I'll say it anyway, got it. But I didn't see that, you know. They didn't look slow. They didn't look like they belonged. Now, that environment, toughest environment in the country at night, unbelievable hard place. thought the quarterback handled it well. Um, Ohio State's just talented, and in, in my opinion. They just had, at the end at the end of the day, they, just, they had some more dudes. They had some more dudes that have been in those situations, and, uh, they, you know, they rose to the occasion. They just... Ohio State was a team that made more plays than than uh, than Notre Dame. Rick Kaczynski at Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz will get caught up next week, ready for Oklahoma. Thanks for the insight today, bud. You got it, partner, man. Glad you're feeling better. Thanks, Kaz. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to our Black Shirt Tuesday, Coach Charlie McBride. An extended sit-down with Rick Kaczynski. Hail Varsity Radio presented to you by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Tomorrow's show, Mike Babcock with us. Evan Bland will join us from the World Herald. Husker Hall of Famer and college football Hall of Famer Zach Wiegert. It'll be a big weekend for Zach, Tony Finotti, Bruce Pickens, some Husker greats getting the nod, and, of course, the announcement at the stadium under the lights at Memorial Stadium. So what a thrill it would have been to be a waiter uh, or just a, a paid patron at the Little Rock, Arkansas Touchdown Club, Coach O made an appearance. I'm so grateful of my time, fellas. You, that was my opportunity. You know, coaches got a shelf. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Mine was six. Good. I got to tell you, we had a meeting. They coach. Things are not going well. No. Ray Charles can see that, brother. (laughs) And they were good. And Scott Woodward is a friend of mine today. Really, really, a lot of respect for the way they handled me. So what's uh, next? Well, well, I got to tell you this, though. Say, Coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. I said, what time you want me to leave? What door you want me out of, brother? <laughs> what time do I leave? What door do you want me heading out of? Man, Stuart Mandel tweeting that if there is a time where Lee Corso steps down and you want to remake, relaunch game day, Cookie Monster's only 60, going to be 61. I think Coach O's still got some coaching left in him. Question is, is he got another head gig at him or is he a, a coordinator? And I'm not sure about him filling the roles of, of Lee Corso on college game day. Simply for the fact that I see him a lot more like Lou Holtz. 
The guy that's on TV, he's an old hard-nosed football coach. You can understand about half the words out of his mouth. Lou Holtz is, is a big piece that's missing be, from Be ESPN's careful about Holtz or Kaz will come after you. I, hey, and <laughs> great football coach. Loved him on ESPN. It's a hole that ESPN has needed to fill, but the simple fact of the matter is I could maybe understand half the things he was saying whenever it's he was jumping part of the charm in. other than him going, go Tigers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's, I mean, his storytelling ability is priceless alone. Throw a couple three not that he needs it but a couple three million at him for the cajun podcast mm-hmm. i think that'd be gold even if it's once a month so but him him i don't know that he'd jack around putting headgear on i mean he, he's his own cartoon character and if they replace corso i think they, sh- they should leave that that's corso's thing the headgear thing is corso's thing you don't have to keep on doing that once corso's gone sure well bless lee God love him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's still grinding, man, and he's uh, he's putting it all in. And it's just it's tough to see, but I'm glad he's still going after it. Uh, check the podcast out. Speaking of Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and of course the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Check us all out. Get a subscription. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.